friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Prince Nesta kicks off Monday's show with the weekend highlights in the major European club football leagues. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny. French defender of Cameroonian descent William Saliba scored a sensational goal as Arsenal swept aside Bournemouth 3-0 at the Vitality Stadium to maintain their perfect start to the new Premier League season. Norwegian playmaker Martin Odgaard also struck tries for Mikel Ateta's men before Saliba cemented the win with a gorgeous left-footed curling strike. Arsenal shortstopper Aaron Ramsdale expressed his thoughts on the match after keeping a clean sheet against his former team. Really enjoyable. Uh, firstly, and when I left, I never got to say goodbye properly to the fans due to COVID, so that was a special special feeling that sort of four sides of the stadium were singing my name. But ultimately, three points, great performance. Not many teams will come here and, and have that much control and possibly score more. So... Um, Great day and, uh, yeah, free, free wins from free. The Guinness manager, Mikhail Ateta, also shared some remarks on his team's victory. We expected um, a very difficult game from the beginning, the way they came out against Aston Villa here in the first game. Um, they were really dominant, really aggressive. We wanted to avoid that type of game. Uh, we imposed ourselves in the game. We were really efficient in, in ball possession. We were really efficient in the box when we scored the two goals. And then, obviously, the game... Um, that gave us a lot of confidence to, to go through the game. That's Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta expressing delight to this team's win over Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium. Ivorian footballer Wilfred Zaha scored twice as Crystal Palace picked up their first Premier League win of the season by beating Aston Villa 3-1 at Silhurst Park. The 29-year-old who scored for the Eagles in a one-all draw at Liverpool last Monday has now scored in each of Palace's last seven top-flight victories and was given a standing ovation by the Silhurst Park faithfuls when he was substituted in the dying minutes of the game. Crystal Palace's French coach of Senegalese descent Patrick Vieira was proud of his team's performance. I'm really pleased, really delighted. I think um, we had a really good performance today. We went through a difficult period, but we remained calm, really determined, and uh, we competed well. And uh, at times, we played some really good football. So today, I'm really pleased with uh, the quality and the attitude that, uh, that we showed today. We scored that goal quite really early that allowed us to get back into the game. And um, overall, I think we, we had a really good performance. We, we were up for it, and, um, and I was pleased with that. That's Crystal Palace coach and Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira reacting to his side's win against Aston Villa in the Premier League. Goals from Arling Harlan, Ike Gundwan and Bernardo Silva helped champions Manchester City salvage a three-all draw against Newcastle United at St. James's Park. Miguel Almiron, Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier netted for the Magpies. The draw leaves the citizens second in the table on seven points, two behind leaders Arsenal, while Newcastle are sixth on five points. City manager Pep Guardiola shared his thoughts on the match. Proper football game, so we start really well, we scored a goal. We had the two more. It was controlling after we lost two or three duels and they could run, they could run, they drop us. And after the game was open, they were 50-20 minutes, they were better. But I had the feeling the first time when we adjusted a little bit, we could do it. 
we could do the proper you know situation and play and play uh, uh, a proper football and after three one was difficult but the team show who we are and uh, yeah a good point for us Newcastle manager Eddie Howe gave his reaction to his side's brilliant performance a brilliant game of football I think for both managers it was heart stopping stuff at times but very very proud of the team we did try and go toe to toe we, we, we just wanted to give the best us uh, a chance to show itself and we want to get the crowd in the game as well and they're such a powerful force here if we can involve them in the right way with our body language now we made it hard for ourselves we went to go down against them which is the worst thing you can do but what a response from the players I thought some of our football at times was was absolutely brilliant to watch from from the sideline uh, and just the commitment and the effort was what it needed to be to get anything out of that game There's Newcastle manager Eddie Howe speaking after his team and a thrilling draw against Manchester City at St James's Park England captain Harry Kane also scored his 250th goal for Tottenham to help them seal a 1-0 home win against Tyburn over Hampton Wanderers The London club remain unbeaten in their opening three Premier League games and have now collected seven points from three games. Spurs boss Antonio Conte reacted to his team's performance. In the first half, okay, there's some problems to us and uh, not not big chances to, to score, but I think uh, they were uh, more dangerous than, uh, than us. In the second half, I think that uh, we dominated the second half. We gave chances to, to score many goals and uh, um, but uh, to play against Wolverhampton is not easy because Wolverhampton in this moment uh, into into the team and today and uh, the midfield was Ruben Neves, Moutinho and uh, Nunes in front was uh, um, three important strikers on the bench, Jimenez uh, and uh, Wolverhampton is an important team. It's an important team with really good players. Uh, I think uh, that uh, uh, for sure they will do very well and to play against them will be very difficult for everybody. Then Spurs boss Antonio Conte expressing delight after his London-based club secured victory against Souls. Moving on to the French League, French superstar of Cameroonian descent Kylian Mbappe scored a hat-trick, netting his first after only eight seconds with seven-time Ballon d'Or winner Lionel Messi and Brazilian superstar Neymar also registering their names on the score sheet to help him PSG thrash Lille by seven goals to one. The Parisians have won their first three games of the season, scoring 17 goals in the process, while only conceding three to lead the French league standings. French footballer of Ivorian descent Jonathan Bamba scored the only consolation goal in Lille's heaviest ever defeat. Marseille also continued their unbeaten start to the French league season thanks to a late Nicolas Palo's own goal to secure a 2-1 win over Nantes at the Velodrome. In other fixtures, former Arsenal frontman Alexandre Lacazette, Brazilian midfielder Tete, and Argentina defender Nicolas Tagliafica all scored to help Lyon secure a 4-1 win at home against Tours, while Belgian footballer of Congolese descent Louis Openda, Dave Machado, French footballer of Ivorian descent Seiko Fofana and Wesley Said were all on target as Lens humbled Monaco by four goals to one. Spanish giants Real Madrid 
with under 4-1 win against Celta Vigo, thanks to goals from Luka Modric, Fedi Valverde, Aurelian Chormeni and French striker of Algerian descent Karim Benzema. Robert Lewandowski also scored twice and had an assist to help Barcelona secure a 4-1 win against Real Sociedad. It was Barcelona's first win of the new La Liga season, with Spanish striker of Guinea-Bissau and descent Ansu Fati coming off the bench in the second half to register two assists and a goal. Senegalese speedster Sadio Mane also scored twice to help Bundesliga champions Bayern Munich secure a 7-0 win against Boachem to take his tally to three goals in as many games since joining the Bavarians from Liverpool. Reporting for the sunny side of sports and Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. The English Premier League is widely followed in Nigeria and throughout Africa. Iron Mike Mbonye caught up with some Nigerian fans and spoke with them about their hopes and expectations for the 2022-2023 EPL season. Sporty greetings, Iron Mike. Sporty greetings, Sonny. I am with some Nigerian fans of English Premier League clubs, and uh, I want to seek their views and opinions on the recruitments made by the clubs and the expectations of the clubs in the 2022-2023 season. What's your name, sir? My name is Odalo Peter. I'm a proud Manchester United fan. What's your take on the recruitment made by your team for the 2022-2023 season? So far, I would say it has been positive. From the defensive to the midfield, so far it has been positive. But we still want more. We're expecting more. The signing of um, Ericsson, it's a major plus. The signing of um, Lissandro Martinez and Malasha, it's a very, very big welcome development. So we're still hoping for more recruits in the attack-wise, the wingers and the strikers. So hopefully that will be give us more grit and more balance. And the, your expectations of... Man U for the 2022-2023 season. Honestly, I would say we'll challenge, but no, we're, not, we're not going to win any trophy this season. But we're going to challenge. We're going to make. We're going to make a stand. So I see us next season, hopefully, to win something. But this season, we're going to challenge. Why do you, Why do you say so? I see Liverpool. I see Man City still winning the league. It's still within them because they still have better team than every other Premiership team. I see Tottenham also challenging, but Man U are not there yet. But we're making progress. I'm making very big progress to challenge. Uh, my name is James Mike I support Liverpool. What's your take on the recruitments done by Jurgen Klopp, the manager of Liverpool? Yeah, I've been seeing great players coming in, you know, like Nunes, Darwin, and Carvalho, Carvalho, Luis Diaz. I believe this season things will work out better, even more than that season. My name is Inyang Efiong. I support Liverpool. Well, um, so far so good. As it stands now, he's the best coach in Europe. And I think he has done some wonderful signings in the past. If you look at uh, Luis Diaz, for instance, which he brought in, it gave the team more strength. And uh, in the area of playing wide and on the flank, somebody who can pace up. Because English football is all about the pace. Now you have Darwin Nunes, who has that quality, and he can play in multiple positions. But one of his strengths is that he loves to play at the last 
left wing and as a center forward, that will help. Given the fact that Liverpool, other players in the front like Salah and Flamino, who are skillful and are pasty too, can help get more results. Of course, uh, being a tactician, he has strengthened the defense as well. So I think once you have a good defense with Liverpool and the forward is good, we're in for a good result. Given the antecedent of last season, we just lost the quadruple by a slight margin. So I believe we'll do well this season. M is long, Baba. Never walk alone. <laughs> that is Liverpool FC. Yeah. All right, sir. Your manager, the manager of Liverpool, is known to be a very good tactician and has been rated as one of the best managers in the world. Are you impressed with the quality and caliber of players he has recruited? And then, what are your expectations of Liverpool FC oh, for the 2022-2023 season? Well, so far, so good. He has proved himself over years since he has been in Liverpool. And from our previous result, you know that Liverpool is always progressing. And with the little uh, signing, the boys has proved himself beyond our imagination. That is our about our warm-up against uh, Leipzig. I'm talking of Darwin Nunes. Mm-hmm. He has proven himself to be a scorer of goals. He has scored more than three goals against a uh, German side. And I believe he will prove himself in uh, EPL too. My name is Peter Damian Ejofo. I am a, an Arsenal fan. What's your take or assessment of the recruitment done by Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta for the new season? I think he's done very well with the recruitment this season. He's been able to bring in players who are known and who can deliver. From the preseason so far, they have all shown their class. From what is going on and the caliber of players we have, we shall win the league. Well, I am a, a bit too. Mank Agu and a very die-hard supporter of Arsenal. What is the assessment of the players signed by coach Mikel Ateta for the new football season? Wonderful, wonderful. Especially, I'm very, very grateful that those players came from EPL, of which they have been there. They know what is obtainable. Don't forget that EPL is the strongest uh, league in the whole world. I might say something. Now, with the signing of Gabriel Jesus, Zisenko, and some other players there, those were the departments we were lacking. For now, I think uh, we are going to do better this season. Okay, we started very sluggishly last season. But this season, I should think uh, it shouldn't be the case this season. And uh, hopefully that uh, those players, those kids, let me use the word kids, they are wonderful kids. And then, uh, in fact, that top four, to me, it is sure fast now. But if care is not taken, I think that title will be earning it. My name is uh, Innocent Aminu Sanda, and I'm obediently a Chelsea fan. What's your take on the players signed by your club for the new football season? Uh, so far... We had moves of signing certain players, which did not go down well. Most of our interested players have been taken over by other clubs. But I can say what we were able to get, I'm sure, with those class of players will make an impact. Do you think the absence of Rudiger in the defence will affect the fortunes of Chelsea and then your expectations of Chelsea Football Club in the 2022-2023 season? Rudiger was a factor in Chelsea, but his absence will not affect our fortunes. With Koulibaly, is a new rock of Gibraltar at the back. And I would like to say to our adversaries that Chelsea this time around is going for broke. The Champions League, Premier League, and with our trophy coming our way, they should look out. Chelsea, 
is hot this season. My name is Honor Benjamin Uche. My expectation is that this year, the, it will not look like last year that we took first from the beginning to middle of the game. But I believe God that as far as we are obedient, we are going to make sure that this time around he's not going to repeat himself like next year, like last year. So whatever is going to go on, I'm very sure that Chelsea will come out very nice and the number one in England. You've been listening to some Nigerian football fans and their views on the new English Premier League season. And they spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye in Lagos, Nigeria. Now let's go to the U.S. city of Wilmington, Delaware, where American golfer Patrick Cantley has won a first place prize of $2,700,000 after successfully defending his title at the BMW Championship. George McNeely reports. Patrick Cantley became the first player to successfully defend a FedEx Cup playoff event since its inception in 2007. The 30-year-old Californian birdied the 17th hole on the south course at Wilmington Country Club in Delaware to finish 14 under par Sunday and claim a one-shot victory over Scott Stallings for his second consecutive BMW championship. I've been playing great golf all year, so... I knew that if I just kept knocking on the door and, and kept, um, you know, staying in this, a positive frame of mind and trusting myself, that I'd knock off a few victories. One year ago, Cantley needed six extra holes at Caves Valley in Maryland for the BMW Trophy. En route to capturing the FedEx Cup a week later at East Lake Country Club in Atlanta, home of this week's season finale. It'll be a little different of a type of a challenge this year, obviously being two behind Scotty. Um, he's played a lot of great golf this year, so I expect the same. Uh, but it's a golf course I really like, and I'm looking forward to the challenge. Cantley did win the Zurich Classic of New Orleans this season with playing partner Xander Schauffele, but he had not won an individual title since going back-to-back at the BMW and Tour Championships last year. Stallings finished 13 under par at the BMW Sunday, while Shoffley played well enough for a third-place tie with Masters champion Scotty Scheffler, both at minus 11. Cantley referenced Scheffler a moment ago, and for good reason. He's been at or near the top of the FedEx Cup standings for most of this season and will begin Thursday's opening round 10 under par with a two-shot lead in the season finale. Yeah, just same as every other week. Just go out there and try and do my best. This is the only week ever, uh, of the year where you actually get strokes on the field. Yeah, just go out there and approach it like I would typically approach a, any other event. Just go out there and try and get off to a good start and just play solid golf. Masters champion Scotty Scheffler, a four-time winner on the PGA Tour this season, arrives at East Lake Country Club as the top seed in this unique staggered start leaderboard format. While the momentum has to be with Cantley and Sonny, we would both be remiss if we didn't take a moment to mourn the passing of Tom Weisskopf at age 79 on Saturday. A 16-time winner on the PGA Tour, a four-time runner-up at the Masters, and the winner of the Open Championship on Royal Troon in 1973. Weisskopf also has at least 40 courses to his credit as a great designer. For the sunny side of sports, I'm George McNeely.
in Atlanta. Thanks, George. And rest in peace, Tom Weisskopf, a great golfer, and as George mentioned, a great golf course architect. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Ndombolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show on the boxing beat the ukrainian alexander usik retained his world heavyweight titles over the weekend with a split decision win against the british nigerian anthony joshua in Jeddah, saudi arabia now the usik joshua rematch was closer than their first fight last year in london where usik won by unanimous decision this time around Two judges gave it to Usyk, one by a score of 115 to 113, and the other 116 to 112. The third judge scored it in favor of Joshua, 115 to 113. Our reigning prince of pugilistics, Namdi Hollywood Moweta, texted me after Usyk's victory. Namdi says he was ashamed of AJ's performance. Namdi says Joshua fought scared and AJ gave away the rematch. Usyk retained four world title belts with his victory in Saudi Arabia. The only heavyweight title that Usyk does not have is the World Boxing Council belt held by Tyson Fury, who has said he's retired. Fury's promoter, Frank Warren, said on Monday that both Usyk and Fury are interested in staging a potential world heavyweight title unification bout. Meanwhile, the Usyk-Joshua rematch was the latest sporting event heavily backed by Saudi Arabia. And the country's involvement in sports has placed it at the center of a heated debate over what's described as sports washing. VOA's Gwen Uten explains. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. Saudi Arabia has reportedly spent at least $1.5 billion supporting and promoting high-profile sports. Last weekend's heavyweight title rematch is the latest in a string of sporting events the country is directly invested in. The list includes the Live Golf Series, Formula One Racing, the Dakar Rally, and also the purchase of Newcastle United in Premier League football. Saudi Arabia has long been criticized for its controversial record of human rights violations, which has led to claims of sports washing. In this case, a term that describes a country that uses sports to clean up its image. 
Paul Brannigan is a senior lecturer with the Manchester Metropolitan University Institute. He believes sports washing could have an opposite effect and further stain Saudi Arabia's reputation. The washing part doesn't really equate to what really happens. So, you know, you look at, for example, more recently, the Saudi Arabian investment in the Live Golf Series, the criticism that drew from various sporting and non-sporting governing bodies, if anything, it reminded audiences of Saudi's issues. So I've used the analogy before, if we're using sport to wash one's image, it's like washing your laundry in dirty water. It doesn't actually wash. If anything, it makes things even more dirty, if you like to, to continue that washing analogy. But Brannigan adds Saudi Arabia's investment in sports could reap long-term positive benefits that far outweigh short-term negative publicity. It has a significant reserve of cash. It's now thinking, well, how can it spend this cash in a positive way? You know, investing more in military is not going to change the sort of macho perception of Saudi Arabia. So what else can they do? Well, you could invest in businesses, yes, granted, and that will certainly get you return on investment economically, but they're not really the sort of things you see people talking about regularly if Saudi suddenly buys this company or X company or, or Y company. Sport is something that can offer these countries, and particularly Saudi, something they don't already have, and that is cultural global exposure. Um, and an avenue into something which really taps into the, the soul and the emotions of an awful lot of people around the world. So, no, I, I think this is, if, if you look at Saudi's strategic portfolio, the hearts and minds bit is the one thing they're really missing with international audiences. And like they've got their sort of, you know, golf counterparts, they will view this very much as what better way to try to win the hearts and minds of international publics than through investment in various global sports. Not everyone agrees. Minky Warden is the director of global initiatives at Human Rights Watch. She rejects the argument that hosting a major sporting event could lead to lasting change in Saudi Arabia. Brands and businesses want to be associated with sport because it's glamorous, it celebrates human achievement, um, it brings you big audiences. But on the other hand, brands must also recognize, and I'm thinking here of sponsors of major events, um, they have to recognize that associations with serious human rights abuses is very off-putting for fans. And we've had some interesting moments recently, for example, where Tiger Woods uh, has rejected a reported multi-hundred million dollar offer to join the Saudi Golf enterprise. And I think there, this tells us an important lesson that athletes themselves are able to make a decision. I don't want my brand to be associated with human rights abuses. So this is really a question to go to the, to the heavyweight boxers participating in this, in this title match, which is, is your brand benefiting from association with serious human rights abuses, is there anything you could do as an athlete to advocate with the government to improve human rights conditions while you're there? And Warden says the country's investment in sports will not lead to reforms. So reforms are coming in Saudi Arabia due to the courageous and consistent pressure 
of women's rights activists, of journalists, of civil society leaders, of lawyers. So yes, change is coming and not a bit of it is due to major sporting events. The story that uh, hosting major sporting events will lead to human rights improvements is just that, it's a story. It's a narrative, it's a PR narrative, and uh, it's a step that many repressive governments around the world are taking instead of actually improving their human rights situation. According to Freedom House, Saudi Arabia is ranked among the worst countries on political rights and civil liberties. However, the Saudi government has repeatedly denied allegations of human rights violations within the country. And that is all for me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. An update now on the Women's National Basketball Association playoffs. The Seattle Storm and the Las Vegas Aces have both advanced after sweeping their best-of-three first-round series two games to none. The Storm eliminated the Washington Mystics while the Aces ousted the Phoenix Mercury. The AP's Dave Ferry reports. Brianna Stewart just missed a triple-double, and the Storm completed a two-game sweep by downing the Mystics, 97-84. Stewart finished with 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists for Seattle, which will take on the top-seeded aces in the semifinals. Sue Bird had season highs of 18 points and 10 assists. They're a team that when they're set, it's really hard to score against them. But we picked and cho- we're, we're picky about which moments to run, um, and then I feel like it was the third and and, and even into the fourth quarter where we finally got it going and we got some things in transition because that's when they can't execute their their schemes quite as well. The Storm shot 56% and had a 27 to 8 assist to turnovers ratio. Natasha Cloud had a team high 21 points for Washington. The Storm take on Las Vegas beginning next Sunday. The Aces rolled into the WNBA semifinals with a 117-80 thrashing of the Mercury. Vegas led by four before outscoring Phoenix 59-29 over the second and third quarters. The Aces' starting guards combined for 49 points as Chelsea Gray pumped in a game-high 27 and Kelsey Plum added 22. Asia Wilson chipped in 17 points, six assists, and four rebounds for the top-seeded Aces. We were just taking what the defense has given us. Uh, it's something that we've been working on. I mean, it's something that's just a part of each of our games. So for us to just showcase it, I think it's just a matter of time that we've been doing it um, more consistently. But at the end of the day, you know, Phoenix was giving us different looks. They were throwing us different things at us. And I think we just stay composed and stay within us. I'm Dave Ferry. Thanks, Dave. I'm VOA Sonny Young. 